Good afternoon and welcome to this week's discussion on the current issues teachers face today and the amazing graduation rate number. It's the true measure of success, right? Hello, my name is Christine Stewart and tonight's focus is on why the graduation rate is a number legislators and governments like to use as a measure of success and why many teachers see that much differently. I'm not going to pretend that the data isn't important, that graduating students from high school doesn't open doors to a good future for many, or that a high school diploma isn't worth anything. We understand that for many students, a high school diploma is a stepping stone to college or some secondary education. It's a paper that opens doors and affords students the opportunities that aren't available to those who drop out or have GEDs. Graduating high school is an accomplishment, of course, a step in a positive direction for many students. However, it's not the only measure of success for our students. Let's begin with what Ravitch says about the graduation rate. Diane Ravitch explains to us that there is a myth that society has bought into, that the graduation rates are falling and the dropout rates are rising. After several hours of looking into research to verify Ravitch's claim, I find that she is indeed correct and that the opposite of that statement is true. Dropout rates are at an all-time low in this country and graduation rates are trending upwards. She explains to us what the federal government states is there's a gold standard of achieving a high school diploma, which is to accomplish that high school diploma in four years. This gold standard actually produces the lowest number of graduates. Ravitch's claim that 90% of students ages 18 to 24, not currently enrolled in high school, have either earned a high school diploma or a GED, or have earned an alternative credential. This information is also supported by several sources, including an article about positive youth development in the U.S. Educational Publishing by Jonathan Zaff. Now that we've established that the majority of students are graduating high school, gaining the certification, a GED, or diploma, either in their four years of high school, or they're gaining it within six years of leaving high school, the discussion focus shifts and it's truly about why are students leaving school, why students leaving school is seemingly so disastrous to legislators and why those legislators are not seeing the success students do have when they leave. There's a great number, there's a great deal more to students dropping out of high school than stating they're being unsuccessful. We're missing the bigger picture. Students who drop out of high school are not necessarily unsuccessful. They simply are not following the prescribed path of education. The government has stated that they must. And let's keep in mind, prescriptions are designed to solve individual symptoms, not a general population all the time. Ravitch makes the point that agrees with Zaff. And I've felt strongly about this since I was in school. This statement is that students need an education that develops their academic and vocational interests. High school doesn't always do that for every student. Not every student is interested in a well-rounded Renaissance style of education. Students can be successful without showing they've mastered US history or without showing they've mastered biology or even geometry. Students can be successful by developing video games, opening up an auto mechanic shop, taking over the family business, whatever that may be, or any number of jobs that don't require a high school diploma or post-secondary education. There are so many opportunities in life that do not require the prescribed educational path of government officials or legislatures. In my first 10 years of teaching, I ran into a student who eventually dropped out. The student dropped out because he was trying to balance not only his high school education, but he was trying to balance 
his side job. Every afternoon when he left school, he went home, got all of his equipment together, and even on the weekends, and he went and cut grass and grass and did landscaping for his neighbors. They paid him pretty decent money. Over time, that student, let's call him John Smith, John, over time, developed this clientele who really depended upon him, and they paid him pretty well. By word of mouth, and uh, word of mouth had spread his business to neighbors in other cities, um, friends across town, and he developed such a large clientele list that he eventually dropped out of school, started his own business, and began marketing it. He learned all of this on his own and advice from his parents. High school diploma wasn't necessary for this. In fact, this young man, John Smith, makes as much money as I do with a high school diploma and a college degree. So let's get back to the discussion. Is a high school diploma important? Sure, for a lot of kids it is. Youth who graduate with a diploma face more possibilities available to them in the workforce, higher employment rates, higher possibilities for pay, and a greater opportunity for raising their own standard of living. Graduation rates only gauge the percentage of students who pass the required courses on time. Graduation rates do not measure students who learn how to form and develop relationships with peers and their mentors, how they overcome adversity when a parent passes away or goes to jail. Does that student know how to become a responsible adult and wash their clothes, wash the dishes, maintain a household, pay the bills, and make wise financial decisions? Do they know how to purchase a car and understand the loan they're taking out? Does a student understand how to control their emotions when they get overwhelmed and when they get angry? A lot of these components are learned at home, but they're learned at school too. We don't measure those things. We don't gauge the success of a school on how a student does when they get out into the real world necessarily. Sure, most of these things should be taught, they should be taught at home or learned in some classes, but that's not always the case. And again, the graduation rate doesn't measure this. It only measures the credits that students take and they pass and they complete in those four years. I was fortunate as a child. My parents taught me how to maintain my finances, how to purchase a car, what to look for when purchasing a car, not just with the dealer, but the vehicle and the loan itself. I was taught how to do laundry, maintain a household, do minor repairs. My parents made sure I was capable of developing the positive skills I had and developing those into assets, and then using those skills to become an independent adult. My parents helped me to identify what I wanted out of life and helped me develop a plan how to go for it. I realize that I'm fortunate, but not all our students are always so blessed. In fact, Zaf explains that many youth today are at risk because they do not grow up in that type of a nurturing environment and do not have access to academically rich schools. This not only hurts the students academically, but social and emotionally as well. Students need a positive social need positive social and emotional skills in order to be successful in academics and in their school. When they lack these skills, schools need to spend more time teaching those skills to students. This opens up a whole different issue about what curriculum schools truly need to be teaching to students in which areas. Graduation rates are important in determining the academic performance of students in schools. But the issue is much more complicated and it's deeper than passing or not passing core classes and earning enough credits to walk across that stage at graduation. Students must navigate a difficult and complicated world in which they're growing up in. And those are issues legislators, school board leaders, and government officials need to be concerned with as well. I strongly believe that the institution of education has changed. Our students have changed, their needs have changed, but we're still measuring them on the same things we always have. 
We need to decide what we expect students to grow into and then work our way backwards from there in designing curriculums for those schools. And then we can see what data we should be looking at to see if schools are successful. I appreciate you joining me this afternoon and I look forward to seeing you next.